Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Los Marcos Podcast. My name is Baro. Tonight, we got a two-man podcast. I got Kells with me. What's up, man? You're... I am doing very well. I was at the beach today, so I got a nice uh, tan, you know? Okay. I drank some beer, some Modelo. Shout out to my Mexicans, you know? And, uh... (laughs) Had a good time. How, how about you, Bar? How are you? Uh, I'm alright, you know. Long day at work. Annoying co-workers. Annoying work, but I'm excited to talk wrestling. I'm uh, I'm surprised neither of us joined Oscar in his raid of Area 51. He's currently, oh, yeah, Oscar. currently busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's... I don't know what he's doing. He says he's on a secret mission <laughs> Area 51. So... Can't do anything about it right now. Last 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 we heard, he sent a picture of himself, really sunburned, and like I don't know what he was doing. So, shout out to Oscar. Hope he's okay. Yeah, the camouflage netting. <laughs> Remember when he got the netting on with the, with the he had the face paint. He looked like Full Metal Jacket. He was he was ready, man. Because I'm sure the Xbox is gonna stop the aliens, right? <laughs> no, I, we want to break out the aliens. We don't want to stop the aliens. Oh right, he's trying to get him out. <laughs> Damn, Oscar's wild, man. But anyways, let's talk. Let's talk some wrestling, Kells. Me and you attended ROH's uh, Manhattan Mayhem pay per view well, last let's, weekend. Let's let's not be rude. Me, you, and my oh, my, my friend, uh, homegirl, um, Mel. Mel. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that was. Her, she's a non-mark. She's the first time, first wrestling show, right? Yeah, first wrestling show ever. Yeah, I, I think she had a great time. Oh, she she she's had a, she has a great time, <laughs> and apparently her new mission in life is to uh, get pregnant from Roosh. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes for her. I mean, if she gets into AAA or a CMLL, I don't know. She might just move to Mexico. Yeah, cause she yeah she was hunking hard over Dragon Lee <laughs> and Roosh. She was just like ready, ovulating. I could feel it. <laughs> But she had a great time. She had a great time. No, yeah, I, you know, it was I, a good show. I thought ROH was garbage, apparently. Yo, me too. I don't too. know what we're <laughs> <laughs> talking about. That's, I, um, I talked to friends after uh, the next day, and they're like, you went to ROH show? Uh, they're like, did it suck? I was like, no, it was actually good. They're like, ROH, ROH is supposed to suck. I was like, I don't, I don't know what people are complaining about but I went to the show it was a good show went by super quick at no point I think was I bored no at all I was not it's good maybe a little bit of the Matt Taven promo but it was still okay yeah we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get to Matt Taven in a bit. yeah we'll start off I guess I don't want to go match by match but uh, uh do, you, do you do you want to go over the the uh, uh card the pre the pre card um, whatever. No, nah, I don't, really, I don't right? think we have to know. Yeah, Except for the one guy who was the fake Brett. Oh, the guy that got squashed. Yes. Yeah, that was funny. But we, I, I thought he was gonna work like a, <laughs> like a Bret Hardy chase, uh, <laughs> um, with the move set. But he got squashed like right away, so we didn't see anything. But that, if he does wrestle like a Bret Hart gimmick, and just that, 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 that's hilarious. I'm gonna have to Google that guy after. But um, what, what, what was your takeaways from the show? Let's just do that. Takeaways. 
I really like the Briscoes. They their gimmick is incredible. They look like two homeless guys that have nothing to lose, and the way they fought in that uh, New York street fight match, it really felt like they had nothing to lose. Um, Dragon Lee and Roosh, you know, two CMLL guys. They're solid in the ring. Roosh, um, Roosh's opponent, TKO Ryan. I really liked his selling throughout the match. And even after the match, um, or when, no, I'm thinking of Jonathan Gresham. My bad. Jonathan Gresham against Dragon Lee. When he took that knee to the face, he kind of threw his arms up in the air when someone, you know how when people get in the street fight and they actually get knocked out, their hands kind of just go up and they're kind of lost. This guy had his hands up in the air and like even after the pin, he just kind of laid around for a while with his hands in the air. I think I think that's been missing, you know. A lot of a lot of wrestlers don't sell anymore. They just go from one move to another to another. Or if they lose a match, they'll just roll out of the ring and walk back to the backstage. But it's it's the little it's the little things that I can appreciate. What what about you? Like what big things that stood up? Um, for me, I think um. It was interesting the way some of their booking goes because they kind of have that old school booking and then that new school booking at the same time because I thought it was pretty cool when um, for the Women of Honor wrestling match, um, which was Kelly Klein uh, versus Carissa Rivera. Um, pretty, you know, old school match. No, it was, um, you know, I like the way that the match went, obviously. Like, Carissa's like the up-and-comer who got a shot and then... She, you know, did pretty good against the champ and proved herself. And then they shook hands, and she did the whole like, you know, you, you know, if you come back, you have a title shot anytime you want when you're ready, which is I think is like very cool, very old school. But then they brought obviously the cheap heat girls out, the allure. Um, one of them is a uh, Devon's wife, right? Bubba Ray's wife, uh, Velvet Sky. Right, Bub- yeah, yeah, Bubba Ray's. Wife. I, they, 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 they're like cheap trash. Um, <laughs> One of the marks, the, yeah. the the beautiful people from TNA when it was still yeah, TNA, was, and but they were the love. yeah. But what what did the mark say? He was like, uh, they got hepatitis. Yeah. <laughs> the mark the mark chants were on point. You know, there was a there was a lot of you know. There, I don't think there were any you deserve it or this is awesome. Un, any unwarranted this is awesome chance. Right? That that guy in the back was killing it. When I was like four rows behind us, he had some good cuts. He's yeah. like, hey. Carissa, let me get your number. Uh, Kelly, won't you put me in the headlock? <laughs> yeah, he had he had a couple a couple of good little zingers, but um, the couple of things that I want me to is like Dragon Lee is completely fucking jacked. Yo, um, I didn't know he was that jacked. I knew he was jacked, but that dude in person is fucking huge. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is actually is really good. It was a really good match. I liked it. Um. Interesting that a luchador has a knee as a finisher. Um, there's a lot of knees now and elbows as finishers, which is interesting in WWE, which is interesting in wrestling because WWE still has these convoluted finishers. So, you know, that's interesting how things are changing. Um, you know, the obviously the, for me the best match of the night was the championship street fight with the Briscoes because. The Briscoes and Gorillas of Destiny were just fucking going ham on each other. Uh, those candlestick shots were real, yep. and they hurt. And these guys were taking unprotected chair shots, jumping off ladders, going through tables, 
slamming each other on the turnbuckle, on the turnstile. It was just, it was insane. Everything you could want in a street fight. And the best thing I liked about it, that it was a street fight, but it didn't divulge into the crowd and got, like, cheap and cheap, which I love. So that was good. And um, Brody King from Villain Enterprises stood out to me. Guy was guy can really go. He's really good. His chops are good. And he's actually, he's got, like, uh, like speed to him in the ring. Yeah, which he's is like a, a faster, I want to say, like Kevin Owens. Yeah, and, he, he's fucking brutal. Yeah, and he can fly, which is crazy. Yeah, he fly. Oh, yeah, that he, was he did crazy. the front of yeah, mm-hmm. over the ropes, yeah. He cleared the fucking ropes. I was like, what? Get the fuck out of here. And um, Hrush, um was really impressive. Um, he has really good crowd control, which I like. Um, but for me, I think the one main reason why I wanted to go to this RH show was to figure out and finally make a decision on Matt Taven. And I think I've come to a conclusion with him is that he's just like a not that good on the mic Miz, but he's better than the Miz in the ring. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. But he's not that charismatic in the ring either. But I don't get why he's champion. Yeah, this this is the first time I've I've heard or I... I had heard of or seen Matt Taven. But right off the bat, he gave off, like, B-grade Miz uh, vibes. But then in the ring, he, you know, he's, like, a little more... He's better than the Miz in the ring. I don't I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to watch more of him, but as of Saturday night, I'd, I'd say, you know, I, I'm a fan. He's, he's not bad. He had good spots in the match. Um, Jay Lethal and Kenny King also dope spots in the match. But uh, Matt Taven won, retained his title, and I, I think it's a good move, you know. I, I might try to watch ROH a little more. Not sure what TV deal they have, or if any, but, you know, if it pops up on YouTube or Twitter, people tweet out matches, maybe I'll watch. Kenny King looked really good in the match. I liked his promo he's cut. It was funny, though, that in the promo that Kenny King cut to get into the championship match, I didn't know champions can change the stipulation of the matches. Apparently, that's a thing in Ring of Honor. But, like, in the middle of the, like, typical, like, brawl before the actual match, Taven, like, walked away and left his belt. Yeah. And then and they had to come back and get it, and I was just like, this fucking guy. <laughs> but, um, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I hate Matt Taven. I do like the whole, like, I am this, and he is me, and I am Matt Taven. Whatever his thing is. Yeah. I like that part. Like when he when he got like super angry and started yelling on the mic and was like did his like his punchline or whatever, I was like, that's actually a really good punchline. I can't remember it, but it was actually really kind of cool. But that I might respect. It was funny because we only saw him being the champion. There was like three Matt Taven shirts. <laughs> I only saw um, one. <laughs> no, there was the black guy in the front row, right? Yeah, that's the one I saw. In our section to the right, there was like an old lady. Oh yeah, with a Matt with a Matt Taven shirt, and then I think like her grandson or something had a Matt Taven shirt. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, somebody had Roosh's uh, mask on, and then that was the guy that came out and beat him up at uh, Dalton Castle. That was cool. That was actually a very cool spot because Roosh like had the crowd control. Everybody's loving Roosh. He's walking around giving the fans fist bumps. The guy has a Roosh mask. He gives a fist bump. He jumps over. I'm thinking he's gonna like give him a hug or something. He just fucking hits him. And I'm like, oh okay, it's a fucking in ring attack. So that was pretty. That was the, That was actually done very well. 
Yeah, what was so good about that is that it wasn't an obvious plant. Like, you know, in yeah, WWE, you'll see the guy, like, get planted in, into a seat. This guy was sitting, like, all the way in the back, and he had the the Rouge um, Toro Blanco mask on. And, like, from our section, we kept, we're like, oh, yo, look, look at that guy. Like, that guy's mask is dope. And we had no idea. And then, you know, he walks, he gets to the front row to take a picture, we're assuming, with Rouge. And, you know, it was a cool moment. I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. And then, like you said, the guy just jumps over the gate and starts beating the shit out of Roosh. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, that actually was like a legit surprise. Not, not I like those prefabricated real. plants that WWE does. I thought it was real. I was like, oh, shit, this fan just jumped. <laughs> started fucking him up. They're like, oh, okay, wait. it's Because I watched him walk in and he walked in. He didn't like, you know how like they do it, like you said, like they'll do it like right before the match. Yeah. He was there. He was there on the with the like the pre car like the, the pre show shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was there from the jump and like we noticed him right away from the jump but never like even thought, Oh, this guy's gonna do something. We had no idea. He, he looked he looked like a regular person, like nothing nothing weird about it. It was it was pretty dope, man. That 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 yeah, was he had, like, jeans on. Yeah, he had like a that book was... bag, walking around with a book bag and stuff. It was good. Yeah, and he was like taking pictures with people. I was like, oh, okay, but yeah. that, that was actually really. Um, what did you think of these other guys they had? What were they called? The bruisers or whatever? The bouncers? The bouncers. The, the big muscular. No, 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 not bouncers. It was a SOS. The muscular guys, because bouncers is the is the was the was the beer guys. They were the beer guys, yeah. Yeah. SOS were the guys that got they got ejected from the match, right? For using yeah the stuff they, and then they remember put somebody that, through a table. Didn't that also remember the spot with the bouncers guy who's like four hundred pounds did like a front flip off the top rope or some shit like that? He did something remember? that yeah, and I was <laughs> like, yo, he killed that guy because the way he landed, he, he just like squashed the shit out of him. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, oh no, it was the leg drop from the top rope while the, his partner held him. Oh yeah, yeah, it was oh, a good double team man. move. Yeah, bro, I'm telling so you, brutal. every match had something. <laughs> dope about it like i don't know maybe the weekly roh product is not that great but if they step up like this for their pay-per-views then you know yeah. their pay-per-views might be worth watching this shit was called Manhattan mayhem it was right it was, it was yeah. it fit the name perfect everything everything was dope but but um i think for me my biggest takeaway and this is my biggest takeaway apparently the most over person in ring of honor is the 60 <laughs> year old pco who nearly almost died again yo <laughs> all right so he, pco did a front flip from the top rope to the outside of the ring and you know when you do that you you don't you break your fall because people catch you yo everybody got out of the way he just went straight to the mat i was like yo he's dead <laughs> and then he just gets up and like hulks out i was like yo this guy it's, it's true it's true yo he's not human He's He's not human. <laughs> he was so over. It was insane. He's yeah. got to be in, in on the joke, man. I'm telling you, he's in on it. I mean, remember when we first, the Northeast Wrestling Show we went to and we saw him? Yeah. And we, like, hated on him? <laughs> and then, like, on Saturday night, I was popping for him. I was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but he's over, man. Like, And it's like, genuinely over it's not like a uh, machine like stuff you know it's crazy 
I know he's fucking. He, he's he's a fucking nutcase. And the funny thing is, you can see like the vil- the villain Enterprise like hyping him up. Scrubby's like, yeah, yeah PC. <laughs> Yeah, they gave him like moments to shine. They would all just stand back and watch him go. It was it was cool. But that oh, guy, man. that guy's, uh, he's old man. I don't know how he's still doing the stuff he does. Like he has to have like Viking addictions or something, man. Or he just does DDP yoga, like you said. But <laughs> I don't know how he does it. No, I, I think I think with him it's just that he's just um he's having the time of his life, and that's good. It's good enough. Yeah, I think at this point, PCO is better than The Undertaker. I've never seen <laughs> the stuff PCO pulled off that night. Yeah, I have yeah, never yeah. seen The Undertaker pull stuff off like that. You know what? That is true. PCO moves way better than The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and PCO, I don't know if he worked safe when he was younger, but the way he's working right now, shit. Should not be doing that stuff. And yeah, then, he's doing his thing. Yeah, the main event, like, you know, we... We t- talked about it a little, but the main event was fire, man. The last yeah, five was, was dope. Like, these guys legitimately don't like each other. The Briscoes and um, the Gorillas of Destiny. They, like, legit had beef. You know, we saw their promos on Twitter. They were pretty cool. And they, they brought it, you know. They had a great match. And sent everybody home happy, man. That was that was good. Yeah, they got... They, 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 they were fucking each other up, so I'm very happy. Yep. But, um... Speaking of certain things that, you know, I'm not happy about. Um, you know, I, I went to uh, I went to the beach today, but yeah, yesterday I uh, took my kids to Brooklyn, which is your part of the neighborhood. I went to uh, Brooklyn Bridge area. Okay. Um, and um, I went to the timeout market. And as I was making my way to Water Street, you know, I see all the tourists taking that picture where the bridge crosses in between those two buildings. You know that picture that everybody takes? Yeah. And... I'm walking around and I see the timeout market and how huge it is and all these new restaurants and these new concepts and these new ideas and and they're building something in the parking lot next to the park and then apparently the ice cream shop is a new ice cream shop it got bought out by somebody else and then you got Juliana's Pizza which is like competing with Grimaldi's and you know all these changes to 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 Brooklyn and you know, this is happening in the Bronx and Harlem and all these neighborhoods. And it just, you know, the other day, like, I was thinking about it. I was just like, you know, it's beautiful to see change. You know, obviously there are some negatives because gentrification and things like that. But change is good. But apparently there's one company that doesn't understand that. <laughs> and, and, and WWE and Vince McMahon and Triple H and Stephanie have obviously not been to Brooklyn. And have not tried the new food concepts like the amazing lobster dumplings that they have. Because Jesus fucking Christ, if there was any way a company could pull their dick out and masturbate on TV to themselves any more <laughs> than WWE did on Monday, please somebody find me some footage. Because that was, in, in the words of my boy, Joe Buck, that was a disgusting act. You know what? I kind of like Raw. Get oh, get the <laughs> fuck out, out of here, Raw. Are you serious? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, I I oh, tuned out. I tuned out after like an hour and a half. But what I watched, I I enjoyed. It was cool. I'm. It's one. It's one. Once a you know, it's a week. You know, it's nothing. If they do this again, like in the next month, then it's gonna be like 
a ratings grab and all right, stop it. But for one week, it wasn't bad. Like I like seeing some of the old people, little pops. The tw- I thought the twenty four seven segments were were cool. You know, not bad. But um, I mean, the opening promo, John Cena mentioned the Uso is getting a mugshot, and then today, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Uso gets arrested for a DUI. I feel like again, but. Yeah, know. Jimmy got the got the long rap sheet, bro. Yeah, didn't he? Is he the one that's married to Naomi? Uh, I can't tell him. Or Dad but remember, one of they both got like stopped by the cops or something because they were in, intoxicated. So I don't know if they got a drinking problem or what, but no good. Usos, no good. But I don't know. I thought I thought Raw wasn't bad. Like these um. The nostalgic se- segments and stuff, the like blast of the past, I, I I fucks with them. They weren't bad, and people tuned in. They're, they they went up what like half a million viewers from last week. I, I don't I don't agree. I yeah, looked, it was disgusting. I looked I looked at the numbers and I think last week they averaged like two point four, two point five, and this week they peaked at three point two million and like their lowest was three mil. So it it ratings wise it worked, but I just hope they don't they don't do this like every month now just because they know it's a ratings grab and it's going to work because eventually it's gonna stop working and then they're just they're not gonna have anything to do. I I I can't anymore. <laughs> you know the 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 problem with this 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 generation and our generation and, and the current wrestling generation is that you know and and Oscar's not here because he's fighting aliens, but um. Oh, he's captain. It's the nostalgia. He's captain nostalgia, but I can't with the fucking nostalgia, man. <laughs> like you turn your TV on and everything is nostalgia. Stranger Things is nostalgia. I watched this movie um, the other day. My wife hates it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, it's very contentious. Please watch and uh, chime in. Uh, Under the Silver Lake. Very good movie. But it's just a, old. The whole movie's an old to like 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s Hollywood. Very, very just nostalgic. You know, all these TV shows with our, just selling us our culture back and, and, and Marvel and, and the pantheon of Disney just bringing back old shit and remaking it. You know, Lion King. Lion King is probably going to be number one on the box office this weekend. And the movie is an exact remake. Did you know Beauty and the Beast made almost a billion dollars? Did you know that? The remake? the remake, yes, really? the fucking the live action movie made like the fucking one with 700. the the Harry Potter girl. Yeah. Oh yes, shit! It made I like did not six, know that. Six hundred million, almost yeah, six hundred seven million. Nostalgia sells. That's crazy. And Vince knows that anytime the ratings are going down, he could just be like, "Bring the boys back because we're gonna crack a cold one." And it was like, did you see that image that was going around with like the click and DX all in a circle hugging each other, and then like Seth Rollins is like outside of the circle, just all awkward. <laughs> Yeah, that he that was an awkward, like a little awkward when um at the end when they're like all hugging and he kind of didn't know if he was supposed to be in the circle or not. That that that's what you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got you got Cena going over the Usos, which is pretty good. I I listen. I Thugonomic Cena. I'm not gonna be mad at Thugonomic Cena anytime Thugonomic Cena is around. I'm good for it. I thought, but then like I thought he was gonna retire on Monday because yeah, um, earlier he, I, earlier in the day he had tweeted um. Something about like today is a really difficult day. Like I'm gonna talk about stuff that I never talked about. Stuff like something like that. 
And I was like, oh shit, John Cena might retire. And then he just did that opening segment with the Usos. Which was, it was cool, you know, Dr. Thugonomics. I know we, we're all Dr. Thugonomics marks. We love the Dr. Thugonomics. Um, it was pretty good. But, um, like, I feel like the, nothing happened other than Ray going, um, using Mick Foley as, like, a thing. And then he thanked them on Twitter, which is pretty hilarious. Um, you know, yeah, I guess. It, yeah, I think in, term, in terms of, like, moving any storylines along or anything, I don't think any of that happened on, on Monday night. So, yeah, you're right, but. It's it's just like you said. It's just a cheap nostalgia pop to get people to watch. I, I I'm I'm okay with it as long as I told you like as long as they don't do it like week in week out because they they see it worked. That's that would be a mistake if they do that. If next Monday they they have a bunch of legends there still, then you know you're fucking up. And then that that Rollins segment with the promo about Brock and how Brock wants to be like him. So I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Just, 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 oh, I'm just, I can't, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it's like, what the fuck, dude, like, when you guys told me about the Legends being on Raw next week, I was like, fuck, because <laughs> it was just like, I know what's going to happen, you know, what what needs to happen is they need to fucking bring, do another re- re- uh, reunion, bring out the Click and DX and all these old people and have a fucking new stable come out and wreck everybody, but no, the Legends always go over, baby always go over the old men always go over the younger talent and it's disgusting it's disgusting that, it's a sell it's disgusting yeah that's what should have happened the uh, aj and the uh, the good brother should have just washed all of them left them in the ring disrespectful bloodied, was aj bloodied up i mean i'm sure AJ yeah because you're mind. trying to build the club up right i'm sure yeah that would be that would work but i'm sure aj didn't mind wait are they the club or are they the oc they're the oh they're the oc the, OC, the original man. club. Yeah, let's let's. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means, but okay. <laughs> their 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 video vignette was nice. The club, the the OC. Yeah, the one that came out it was nice. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing they're doing some things, but in terms of you know, like I said, like advancing storylines, I don't think they did much. It was a little weird, but um, I don't know. We'll see Monday, I guess. What they do, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that I wanted to talk about. Oh, RBD was like super high when he came out. Did you catch that? He was like blasted. RBD was mind. supposed to come out, right? Yeah, but he, he was did like, come out, right? He yeah, but he was like super high. Yeah, he got um, what you call it? He got uh, what you call it? Uh, permission from uh, TNA. I mean, uh, Impact, whatever that's just called. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. the. What's the uh, the street profits in the back when he said he was hanging out with Rob Van Dam? He was putting like Visine in his eyes. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I've liked they, every, they, they, that... every segment the street profits have done. They're, I want to keep an eye on them. Hope they don't ruin them. Oh no, the street profits are, are gold, baby. Yeah, every every segment they've done has been entertaining. So I hope they don't. I hope they don't fuck them up. They're supposed to defend the titles against uh, Bobby Fish and. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly the next NXT takeover should be a good match but yeah I think that was Raw a nostalgia grab I enjoyed it you hated it but we'll see what happens next Monday talk about Smackdown which I I thought was a really good show 
You know, they they reference the the raw from the night before a couple of times, but not enough to like ruin the show. I think. I think the segment that stood out for sure, Randy Orton and the Kofi Kingston promo. Oh yeah. Yo, that was that that whole thing was fire. Very good. I I like that. I like that segment. SmackDown. SmackDown was good. I have no complaints about SmackDown. Yeah. Before the only complaint was that there was no Siang, but you know that's fine. Yeah. Before the segment, I know I was telling you, I was like, I was like, why is Kofi getting to choose his opponent? Like, it's stupid. It makes no sense. Since when does a champion pick his opponent? Why don't they just do like a tournament or something? And then when he picked Randy Orton, I was like, oh shit. Speaking of tournaments. We're going to speak more about tournaments later. Uh, but, uh. Yeah, later on. <laughs> and then, you know, he calls out Randy Orton. And, like, I, I feel like we said it on this pod that they... that I, I think I said it, right? That they should do long-term Yeah, you were the one. Give him Orton. Bring up the MSG segment. Bring up, you know, the fact that Orton buried Kingston. And that's what they did. That was their story. And I was like, holy shit, they're doing it. I'm fucking in. This is a good angle. The long-term booking. They're doing something right. Now they just need Kofi to go over. And not have Orton take the title off him and uh, at SummerSlam. Well, if they take the title off of him at SummerSlam, you're gonna probably like kill yourself. So I'm I'm okay. That that'll be Oscar. <laughs> 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 I am a Randy Orton mark, but I, oh, you are know, Oh yeah, I am. I like I, I like Randy that. Orton. I was fucking Legend Killer gimmick. One of my favorite gimmicks of all time. That's what they should. Oh no, that was they that, that just, gimmick is fantastic yeah, though. That shit was amazing. And then you know his first title runs. There he was. He was good. I I feel like he should have beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. He would have just skyrocketed him. But yeah, Kofi Orton yeah. should be a good match. They, they you know they they have a story to tell, and the promo they to kick it off is was great. So we can only but go. This up is what I'm, but this is what I'm talking about. That SmackDown actually used their episode to set up stuff for the pay per view and set up yeah. the storyline because we got Kevin Owens versus Shane. Set for the next pay per view, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. And then, you know, we got Kofi and Randy Orton set for the next pay per view, which is perfect. So we already have two matches set in stone that we know. The the other thing I am noticing and that WWE is starting to do is that they're they're doing they're they've already found their new big show, and apparently his name is Samoa Joe. Uh, the jobber, he's just jobbing out to everybody, man. He's he makes everybody look good, um, because he lost on Monday to Roman, and then he loses on Tuesday to Kofi to make Kofi look good. Um, which I'm, I he's always the guy that's like a threat, and he's good enough to get to the main event, but then he loses the main event, but then he beats the champ on TV or loses the champ on TV to make the champ look good. It's really weird. Um. It was nice seeing Shinsuke like always, but I uh, wanted to change his clothes. I'm tired of the jumpsuit. Oh, that was a good match. Shinsuke oh, it was really good Apollo match. Cruz. I that saw was a people great match. I saw people online hating on it. And I was like, why? What are you hating about? Like, it was a good match. Apollo Cruz is you know fresh. You know, it's a fresh uh, match. Nakamura Apollo, fresh match. Apollo can go in the ring, and I think the commentary from uh, Big E and Xavier Woods made it even better. Yeah, that was great. They need to put uh, Apollo on two five to contend for the title because that dude can move like a motherfucker but right, it was sure. nice having a new day on commentary new day killed it they sounded like marks and they, yeah. they were having a great time <laughs> i like how they made it a point and i did like how wwe did a did a nice thing by um acknowledging byron saxon's father passing which was nice yeah that was nice that was sweet of them 
Um, but it was just, it's, you know, it was good. I thought it was a good show. Um, then we got another match, which was the Bray and Finn. That's at SummerSlam. So we have three matches. Um, I know that they teased supposedly a Ziggler and Michael's feud, but apparently that's not happening according to Meltzer. So that was just some fucking, it was pointless. Well, that's, that's probably going to be Ziggler and Miz, right? I think it'll probably be Ziggler and Miz, and then maybe Michaels comes out and like interferes, but I don't see him wrestling. They should just, Damn, Matt. if they want to do something, they should have Michaels manage Ziggler. Oh, that'd be interesting. That'd be cool, right? Because, you know, he's the second-rate Michaels, and then just take him under your wing. Give me a heel, Michaels. Ziggler's a heel. It'd be it'd be cool, I think. It'd be better than that having him me. fight Ziggler. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, I'm going to teach you how to be, you know, a real Michaels or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I don't think WWE would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. WWE is going to fuck about that, If I'm booking the territory, that's what I do. Miz is about to beat Ziggler. Michaels comes in, sweet chins, the Miz, and then, you know, he gives Ziggler, he's Ziggler's manager. That'd be good, man. We don't, we don't have, like, a lot of superstars don't have managers anymore. It's rare now. You got Paul Heyman, you got Zelina, and then I can't think of other, other wrestlers with managers in WWE. I don't know if you can, but off the top of my head, I can only think of those two. No, um, WWE doesn't believe in managers, factions, or tournaments anymore. Apparently, well, they it's believe not part in of factions. Their... Factions are coming back. You mean like racist factions? Oh no! But don't, because <laughs> you know Vince is a racist. That's why, guys, you get it. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Well, speaking of Vince. I don't know how this was still a good SmackDown when he apparently <laughs> showed up at 4 p.m. and rewrote the whole fucking show. <laughs> I mean, we were excited, right? Well, I was, and me and Oscar were excited that Eric Bischoff was going to be in charge of SmackDown, but apparently Vince still shows up and does whatever he wants. But this was a good SmackDown, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, I don't know how he did that, but I think also he might have been... He might have fucking came in. He was like, "All right, we're gonna change this, change this." And he's like, "All right, Mandy, you and I uh, have a segment, so get ready." Because that was a weird segment, most awkward thing of the night. Yeah, it was weird. I, I thought they shot it live, but apparently now you. It was live. Oh, they did shoot it live. Yeah, it was a live segment, which is why I think she was awkward. Because if they practiced that shit all day, why didn't they just record it? That's what I'm saying. Since you Dumb. you told me they practiced it all day, so I figured it was a pre-recorded. A pre-recorded segment and they just aired it but yeah I don't know why I maybe they were really good when they practiced it and they're like fuck it let's just do it live but that came off really weird Ooh, Bill O'Reilly over here what fuck it we'll just do it live what the reference <laughs> come on Mauro don't tell me you don't know that either you gonna uh, what next thing you know you're gonna tell me you don't know you mad oh I know you mad <laughs> <laughs> Great, great episode. So you're telling me if there's a rapist that lives next door to you and you know he's a rapist, you're not going to call the police? I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Mind my business. Shout out to Cameron. Kill Shout out Cam. to Cameron. Kill the Cam. Kill the Cam. <laughs> sticking, sticking to the ignorance. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think SmackDown, was, SmackDown was obviously better this week. Um, WWE loves nostalgia but they refuse to change and I'm continuing every week to be right about my 
cynicism towards WWE doing anything correctly because I'm at the point now where I'm just going to pay attention to what I've said. I'm going to just keep doing what I've been doing, which is pay attention to non-WWE shit. So, you know. The only reason I still watch wrestling that has to do with WWE is because my mother-in-law has given me her Hulu account so I can watch Raw <laughs> Well, we're going to have something new to watch soon. Yes. As of October 2nd, AEW will be running their weekly show live Wednesday nights on TNT and going head to head with NXT and NXT is rumored to be making a move to FS1 I don't know if that's going to be live but if they do air it on FS1 you know then it would go head to head with AEW on Wednesday nights and we would have potentially Wednesday night wars you think that's a good move for them Kels AEW I think that the only person the only people who think that this is supposedly a Wednesday night war is people who are WWE fans and the media. And once again, as a left-leaning liberal, I am not taking the view of our toxic president. I am just saying that as a person who watches a lot of sports media, they create storylines. And come October... There will be there will be this fake Wednesday night war storyline because I think it's made a point and it's been a point that's made by Khan and has been made by Cody and has been made by you know Dustin and even like guys like Lance Storm have made comments where they said that AEW is not trying to compete with WWE um, and I think that for me is like the the thing that's made me so excited about them is that they've come out constantly and said, we are not trying to compete with WWE. We're just trying to be an alternative to something that you can watch, which I like. Um, and, and for me, like, I hope like, you know, you know, a 24, right? The movie studio. Yeah. So like at the moment right now, a 24 is like my favorite movie production company right now. Like, you know, you have Disney, you have Paramount, you have Lionheads, you got all these people that make these big budget $400 million blockbusters, $200 million blockbusters, which are good, and they're entertaining. But sometimes I don't want to watch a fucking $200 million movie where the world is going to end. Sometimes I want to watch something that's insightful, thoughtful, and makes me look at films a different way. And I think that's what AEW is going for. So I'm very excited. And I don't think there is going to be a war. I think AEW is just going to be something that's going to live on TNT. Because frankly, there's a lot of shit that lives on TNT. Like comedies and shows that I don't even know how they're still around. Yeah, I can't I, name like one one show that airs on TNT. The only show that I know that airs on TNT is that show with those with that white guy who has that crew of people that they steal or like do missions for people. I forgot the name of the show, but that, I mean, that's only reason, the only reason I know about that show is because I see it on my TV when on the TV when I go to the gym. But you know, I you know, and then like even the stuff that that uh, Meltzer is saying is really nice. Saying um, the goal for AEW is to run a hundred to one hundred twenty live events, which is not bad. Um, four pay per views, which I think is great. I think it should be six before it's good to start, and then fifty one weeks of TV. And Saturday house shows with the rotating talent. So the fact that we're not going to see the same people on TV is kind of is promising to me as well. 
Yeah, talent talent rotation I think is is cool, especially like you know we saw it on SmackDown. Apollo Cruz, he's not on TV every week, and then you know you put him out. He has a great match with Shinsuke Nakamura. It's you know if you rotate your talent, you give us time to miss to miss them or like briefly forget about them, and then when they come back, it's like oh shit, I forgot this person X and X can go. You know, it's good. It's not the yeah. same wrestlers. Like it's not the same wrestlers being shoved down our throat week in week out. And um, what else I must say? Mel said um, it's not on their ideas. Like it's not going to be a safe show if you're one of those people. If it's a fifteen percent or ten percent bad and ninety percent good, and you just harp on that ten or fifteen, you're not going to like the product. I did that with anything, but they're going to be in such huge scrutiny. Do you think they sell out the twenty grand in DC or no? Probably. I think Marks are going to travel for it, just so they can be like, "I was there the first night at AEW." I think it really depends, though, on how things go at All Out, which we will be at. By the way, we will be there. Los Marcos will be there. So, if any Chicagoans want to hit us up, please send an email. Hit us up on IG, Twitter, whatever, whatever, so we can link up. Let us know what's the popping food spots. I'm looking at lists right now on Eater dot com, but um, just uh, let us know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think because Fighter Fest was like, eh. So, well, yeah, they were, like like we said, they were they were not meant to be, like, big pay-per-view events. So they were free. So it's just like a weaker, like a house show, you know? A weak house yeah. show. Nothing nothing too crazy. But I'm, I'm excited for AEW, man. It'll, it'll finally get me to turn on TNT, I guess. Besides NBA on TNT. That's the only thing I could think of that's on TNT. NBA on TNT is the greatest show yep. on TV, and it's only on during the NBA season. It's so sad because Charles Barkley, when he makes jokes about big old San Antonio women, <laughs> is possibly the joy, the joy of my day. Just makes me, just makes me so happy. I'm glad. I'm glad cancel culture has not gotten Barkley yet. Barkley yes. can't get canceled. <laughs> you can't cancel him. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> It's not gonna fuck. You can't cancel Barkley. <laughs> All right. Oh man. And then lastly, WWE had their uh, what are they stockholders conference call today? Yeah, conference call yesterday. Yeah, um, you you go over with the stuff that the important details of it. All right. So in WWE's constant reign to control everything in wrestling. Um, apparently, Triple H met with Dragon Gate officials while he was in Japan. Uh, they also met with Stardom. Stardom is the um, women's only uh, wrestling production in Japan, which is really good. The women's are the women there are amazing, and they all wrestle stiff, which I like. Um, WWE is continuing to move into Japan, and apparently, Australia has also been a major target to actively recruit wrestlers. And if anybody knows, Australians are really tall. And really strong and really athletic. Uh, do yourself a favor if you haven't. Google a picture of Stephen Adams' sister, who's an Olympic shot put thrower, and I would like to see her in WWE. Uh, during the conference call, one of the callers asked to respond to Vince's negative reaction and to discuss the Variety article that came out late three weeks ago that was shitting on the product. And Vince said. That with the recent two hires and the increase in numbers in the past three weeks, they've definitely turned a corner when it comes to creative. But of course he said that because it's based on numbers and not actually based on anything of substance that actually did happen with the product. Um, I think what's happening is you have a lot of people 
who are watching the product or people who are invested who are stockholders and they're just like this is the longest running tv show on tv it always puts up numbers it always sells they don't fucking understand anything they don't understand creative they don't understand kayfabe so when vince tells them stuff like that they're like oh okay that's vince told us that well, and well, then that's, uh, that's most companies you know num- numbers talk for yeah. stockholders that's all they care about they don't give a shit about the product they just want to they just want to make money on their money but the product pushes the numbers like if you're if you're creative shit you know you're not going to get anywhere yeah um, but like look at monday night raw that they care about the 3.2 million people that watch they don't care that that show was like liked by 25% of the fans and hated by 75% you know what i'm saying yeah, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's true. They they only care about the ching. Yep, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, uh, this was something that was part of the conference call, but spoken more about by Ryan Satine. Apparently, WWE Network is getting an updated interface, uh, which is going to have like better search features, better match blocking, better match matching. So, like, if you're watching something, they'll have better recommendations, and then they're going to have more lists for wrestlers and more lists for events and for time frames. And then and apparently WWE is going to be testing um, kind of like a Hulu-esque situation where you can have a free WWE network account, which is probably going to be filled with fucking ads, or you have a VIP, a VIP package, which is what you pay for, and you will not see any ads because it's kind of disrespectful to pay $10 for a product every month. And you still see commercials, which is kind of fucking annoying. But I don't go through that anymore because I canceled my subscription like four months ago. And I've just been streaming everything off of Reddit. So my life has been better. I do miss NXT, though. Um, Keith Lee had an amazing match this week. Please go watch it if you have the network. Uh, Keith Lee, I like him a lot. But um, he's going to get buried when he comes up to the uh, main roster. But what are your thoughts on all that stuff? Uh, Conference call. I, want, I just want to see what they're going to do to the network. Because right now, unless I'm like really bored, I don't open it. I'll just open it up when there's like an NXT takeover or a pay-per-view. But um, And then if they're going to charge me more for that shit, I might just do, <laughs> I might just do what, you're, what you're doing. Just stream this shit. <laughs> I used to use it a lot. Like when I was home a lot with the kids, um, I used to use it a lot for like white noise, like background noise. Yeah. Um, I used to always have it on. Like I would always have, like on my. It used to be on my browser more than anything, just on in the background. And I would just leave it on for hours. I didn't give a shit. Um, I did do. I did go through that. Um, the 100 best matches on the network list that was made by Shoemaker. Uh huh. And I watched uh probably think like 70 of the matches. Okay. Um, I do agree that that Undertaker and Shawn Michaels is the best match on the network. Um, you know, but. That's because, you know, they don't have, you know, the greatest wrestler on the network, which is my man, Jack Veneno. You know, they don't have the Ric Flair versus Jack Veneno match, <laughs> which is one of the greatest matches ever, where Flair has to drop the title or he gets killed because the crowd was going to riot. So. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I remember when the network came out, like the first two, three months, I would have it on all the time just because I finally had a way to watch like <laughs> all the old matches that I remember as a kid and stuff. Yeah. But once I got through them, I was like, all right, that was cool. And like, all right, I guess I'll wait for the next pay-per-view now. But um, I do like their, uh, what are they called? The 24-7? Yeah. Like, kind of docs that they do. Yes, Those are cool. Yes. 
I don't like the chronicles that they do. Those are those are weird. But the twenty four seven stuff they do, those those are dope, and those I actually watch. The Batista episode was really good. I I don't I haven't watched that one yet. That but, one was really good. But that's like the newest one, right? Yeah, the I best really, part about the network. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. I really like the like the WrestleMania ones they do. Those are dope. The twenty four seven ones. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to check out that Batista one. The best part about the network is like going back and watching a match that you remember as a kid, and then it fucking sucks. You're like, damn, bro, everything I believe was a lie. <laughs> so the fucking real realism just hits you like, no, <laughs> he was never that good. <laughs> but WCW Cruiserweight matches are still fired. Oh never. yeah, yeah, those those hold up today. Oh, those are amazing. Fucking mm-hmm. uh, Mysterio versus Guerrero. Uh, Malenko versus Jericho, Jericho versus Kidman, Kimmy versus Malenko. All those guys just, oh, oh my god! Yeah, all those matches still hold up today. Like, what is it? Like twenty years later? Twenty years later, just yep. fucking up. amazing. They all hold up, fire. Ah, uh, look at us. We're being nostalgic now. All right. <laughs> um, but something that I forgot to mention last week and speak about, I'm going to be speaking about this week, and I will continue to speak about it until it ends. Um, which has been the best wrestling that a lot of people have been watching. The only problem is, is that it's on at 5 in the morning. Um, if you have not been watching, New Japan Wrestling right now is having their G1 Supercard. Uh, G1 Supercard is a block-style tournament with a block A and a block B. There are 10 wrestlers in each block, and they wrestle every week or they wrestle every two days. Um, through August, through the end of August, to kind of like a soccer style standings where you get two points for a win, uh, one win, one point for a draw, and zero points for a loss. Um, the final two people in block, the final person in block A and block B with the highest points, uh, face each other in a final match, which then means that they get a contract for the IWGP Championship in January at. Uh, What's this pay-per-view called? I always forget the name of this pay-per-view. Uh, whatever. It's the biggest, it's the big pay-per-view in January. Oh, it's the Wrestle, oh, so the, Wrestle Kingdom Road to Tokyo Dome. Yeah. At the Road to the Tokyo Dome in January, you get a contract. Um, now, this is actually a very cool tournament because you get to see pretty much the best wrestlers. Also, the points count in different ways. So you can get in a singles match, a tag team match. It doesn't matter. It's just the best talent going at each other every week, every couple days wrestling. And the, also the important thing is they also have the champion in the tournament. And yes, the champion can win the G1 Supercard. And the champion has won multiple, has won before. It's happened in the 90s and the early 2000s, but it hasn't happened since then. Um, as of right now, Kenta, a.k.a. Uh, what was this? Well, Mr. That, Mr. Kenta. Is that him yes. there with Tommy? Hideo Itami is wrestling what? as Kenta. He's not wrestling fuck? as Hideo Itami. Kenta and um, Mr. Okada are tied right now in block A with eight points apiece. They are both de- undefeated. They Wait, actually yeah. have a match this Saturday. Kills is Kenta is, good? Ken- yeah, Kenta's really good. Yeah, you just yeah. haven't seen him because he's hurt. I don't know. Even when he wasn't hurt in NXT when he was getting hyped up, I didn't, I didn't get the hype. I didn't like him. Well, remember, when it came to having... Remember when it came to like getting in the overseas guys that were hyped? He was like one of the first ones, but then he yeah. fucking got hurt. The first got to NXT. Right. Um, CM Punk stole his finisher from yes, Kenta. Kenta invented GTS. But Kenta is actually a very good wrestler, and he's been on fucking fire. Um, 
So right now we have Kenta and Okada at the top with eight points apiece. And then in block B, we have Moxley and we have Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson has six points. Moxley right now is in first place with eight points. Um, Moxley right now has been on fire. He's, he's the uh, IWGP US champion. And he also has a young lion underneath him. Like The young lion is a, a wrestler that an older guy takes under his wing and mentors, which has been pretty hilarious because his young lion speaks no English. <laughs> so Moxley just carries him around and just threatens him, um, which is great. But uh, this week, uh, Moxley versus Shingo. Please watch the match if you can. It'll probably be on Daily Motion if you do not have NJPW TV. Was a fucking amazing match. And then Ishii and Naito, for me, was the best match of the week for the NJPW's G1 Supercard. Ishii is right now one of the best wrestlers in wrestling, one of the most underrated wrestlers in wrestling. And if you do not know who Ishii is, please do yourself a favor. He has a beautiful top rope suplex. The man can go. And the best part about it is that he's bald, short, and kind of chubby. So please, 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 if you like wrestling, please watch the G1 Supercard when you have a chance. Um, the other interesting thing about the G1 Supercard, Jay White, who is the former IWGP champion, is at the bottom of Block B. Zack Sabre Jr., who I cannot fucking stand, is at the bottom of Block A, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, my man crush since Kenny Omega left, Will Ospreay, is in the middle of block A. So hopefully he wins some more and um, gets up there. Uh, like I was saying, the good thing about the G1 Supercard is that this is a tournament and it builds more feuds. So after the G1 Supercard ends, a lot of these guys who are in the tournament go into feuds with each other. So NJPW does not waste these matches and they're all meaningful and it's a great tournament. Please watch if you can. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing some good stuff about the G one this year and uh I have to like get around to watch some of this stuff. Probably this weekend I'm gonna check out some of Moxley's matches. I saw a promo he cut after today's match with Shingo. Is Shingo like is this a tournament that goes by like weight? You have to be a certain weight? No. No? Because he was no, Saber, he was saying Saber's something like he was saying something like if that guy that guy's not a junior weight, if he's a junior weight then I'm one of the doobie brothers or something like that. Because um, what happens is, um, essentially, like, when you, in NJPW, you essentially go through, like, I would say, like, you start at the bottom. So you're, like, a young lion. Then after a young lion, you get thrown into tag team matches. Then after tag team matches, you get thrown into the U.S. title contention. And then if you make it past U.S. title contention, you go into the junior IWGP championship. Then you have the IWGP champion, which is, like, the heavyweight. And then you have the openweight IWGP champion. But the okay. junior, so the junior, if like, so if you look at it like, it's like the junior IWGP champion is like the intercontinental champion. Okay. But you have to be a certain weight, essentially. There is a weight limit. Mm. Okay, that so that's, that's what he meant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check out check out some of these matches. See what's up. Let me get, get a little bit more uh, familiar with Will Ospreay. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna check some of this stuff out. But, uh... Um, there was one thing I also wanted to mention, one more thing. Um, John Moxley, like I said, he's been on fire. Uh, um, he does have a match. I think it's in September. It will be against Josh Barnett at Bloodsport. No, actually, yeah, not, September 14th in Atlantic City. It will be at Bloodsport. Now, have you watched any Bloodsport matches? Yeah. Um... What's your take on that? 
It's weird. I don't know how to feel about it. I agree. But I <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. But I, I feel wrong <laughs> for liking it though. <laughs> you know, I was looking at this shit, I'm like, what is this? But then I saw that Minoru Suzuki's in it. I'm like, nah, Suzuki Gun is in it, I gotta watch this shit. And Suzuki yeah. is like fucking dudes up, dude. Yeah, it's, it is so it's, cool. it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's, cool, it's MMA. It's MMA meets pro wrestling. The tickets for the Atlantic City event are twenty five to one hundred bucks right now, which is super dirt cheap. Hmm. Might have to do a little so, road trip. Mm, well, two hours. Atlantic City Yeah, Atlantic. I'll be honest yeah. too. I'd rather go to this than go to SmackDown. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is real. Because <laughs> um, Riddle wrestled on this too. Yeah. I forgot who else. Somebody like two months ago. Maybe it was was it Riddle? Was it the Gulag was, was there Riddle. too? Maybe Gulag. I think yeah. I think Gulag was there too, and he got fucked up. Just want to <laughs> let you guys know, please, if you haven't, as a wrestling fan, if you haven't done yourself a favor and watch Bloodsport, you're doing yourself a disservice. Please watch Bloodsport. Like Varo said, it's weird. You feel wrong for liking it, but you will like it. <laughs> there's a mat. It's black. There's no ropes, no turnbuckle, and they just fuck each other up. It's it's great. Yeah, it's 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 hard. Sometimes it's hard to watch, but it's like it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, because you have to. It has to be stiff. It can't be any other way. Yeah, it's real. It's real. Like it's not fake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, basically, it's like all those movies in the eighties that came out, like MMA, and where these guys are trying to kill each other and stuff. The fucking uh, John Claude Van Damme movies. That's what Bloodsport is. But it, it's good stuff. You guys should check it out. So yeah, do yourself a favor, guys. Check out Bloodsport. Check out some of the G1 matches that Kells mentioned. Um, you know, pray for Oscar, who's in Area 51 doing God knows what. <laughs> <laughs> and the two of us will be back next week. We don't know where Oscar is. But until then, we are Los Marcos. Thank you for listening. We are out. <laughs>